You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to your Monday edition of Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7 Sports, formerly of Scout. I had a hard time saying that today. Today's show is brought to you by Boat Bar. Uh, it's what I am having for breakfast every day this week. BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code locked on to get 20% off. So, of course, we're going to talk to Eddie Rosario. Uh, we're going to save lineup projections for Wednesday's show, or Tuesday's show, I should say, um, just to match up with the TV stuff that always makes it easier in terms of the video podcast. Spend most of today's show, though, talking Eddie Rosario. Let's talk about, you know, the team's projected payroll, all that fun stuff. Um, Just because I read an article today about um, how generous Paul Dolan was because, you know, to get Rosario, they had to go above uh, what was the, the maximum salary this team could have. And if you believe, you know, the initial, they had five to 10 million to spend, Yes, to get Cesar Hernandez and to get Eddie Rosario cost them uh, $13 million. But at the same time, I want to point out that as a team, let me pull up the, I've been bouncing around on the, the spot track, uh, just to look at a lot of stuff. They're currently at thirty six five five for their their salary. And their overall 40-man tax, uh, 40-man tax payroll estimate on site is at basically $44 million. Okay, so we're at $44 million there. Uh, last year, in 2020, I know it was a short season, but their uh, 40-man tax, you know, their total payroll for last year um, was $39 million, and that was in the shortened season. So they're at about $10 million more than that, and their 40-man tax uh, payroll last year would have been 84-6. So you're talking about a team that went from 84-6 to 43-8. So for as much as I want to sit back and give credit, uh, sorry, I'm trying to be better about being closer to the mic here, as much as I do want to give credit, and don't get me wrong, I'm very happy that they added uh, Eddie Rosario. It's a great addition. We'll go into that more as the show progresses. But to, to carry enough water to make it sound like this is the most generous move ever, uh, it was a bit hard for me to take because at the end of the day, uh, this is still a team that is seeing their payroll slashed in half. Um, and I get there was no gate last year, but at the end of the day, as I point out many times on the show, one, this team has increased in value 300% since they were bought, uh, maybe more than that. And B, whenever we mention TV deals, it always gets left off that they got a nice $40 million chunk of change when they sold that network. That isn't included in the yearly amount. And when you look at that, yes, a higher yearly average over the long haul is going to be better, but that's <laughs> I will take forty million tomorrow. Uh, it, it's still a significant amount of money. Um, I have a hard time getting all excited and uh, positive about three million more dollars. Uh, I'm glad they did it. I do not think it is something you really praise uh, the ownership for, though. Uh, again, when they are cutting the payroll in half. After you know a six-year run of uh, of greatness, it's it, and again, I know they don't have great attendance, and I've been someone who's harped on that many times in the past. But why are people going to want to go out and attend? Why are people going to want to get connected to this 
team when it just seems to be a revolving door of talent. Um, you need to be able to retain some people. It's like when you go back to those great Indians teams, they brought back Kenny Lofton. I mean, sure, at first they didn't think they'd be able to, and they brought him back. Uh, Omar Vizquel, for all of his issues, let's just at the time, you know, he was there for the long haul. They they had pieces and parts. Yes, Tommy left. Yes, Ramirez left. Yes, pretty much everyone who was a big name, big value guy left. I'm not saying you keep a Francisco Lindor, but I mean, trading Carrasco is one of those things that I still have my issues with um, to this point in time. I just do. And yeah, uh, long term, it's you're not going to be able to keep fans if you keep a revolving door because they, they, there's no one they can feel attached to. There's no one that, that that's their player because they get nervous. It's I have not bought an Indian's jersey, shirt, anything with a player's name on the back uh, as an adult. I turned 40 this year and I have not done that because I just, I don't want to deal with the fact that when that player leaves, I'm going to be like, well, crap. Or if they leave in a way that makes me dislike the player, then that shirt is something I can't wear anymore uh, that I don't want to own. And the, you know, the Indians are the only Cleveland team where I really have that feeling. Part of it is the way that the MLB is set up, but at the same time, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and go into the ownership stuff. I've done it enough, but it's also just a situation where they have an ownership group that seems to not be able to afford to own a baseball team. And when you have the massive losses that everyone had last year, it's a great excuse to really cut that uh, payroll down in half and then to get praised for an additional $3 million. None of that works for me. Uh, if you wanted my quick take... On the even bigger news, the Nolan Arenado deal, uh, it's one of the worst trades I've ever seen. The thing I said on Twitter, and I'll stand by it, was back in the day when I was in uh, OOTP leagues. For those who don't know that, that was out of the what, out of the park uh, leagues where everyone was a GM for their team. That was the type of deal when we got a new owner in, someone would try to make with them, and then we would overturn it because the new owner didn't know what they were doing. Uh I know there's a lot of owed money, but Arenado is likely going to uh, opt out of that contract. Like, I don't think, yeah, there's technically 150 million owned, owed, but they're not gonna. He's he's gonna opt out. I, I don't think anyone expects him to not opt out. Uh, and going the other way, uh, Lucen Baker was like a huge prospect in high school, a potential first round pick, like considered the top power hitter in that class. He went to college and didn't for hit for any power, and then he went to high A and was old for his league level uh, in in baseball before you know the the shortened season in 2019 and didn't hit for power or anything. Uh, a first base only prospect who's always had great raw power, but has never tapped into it. Uh, Yoan Torres, who was along with Connor Capels, went over to the uh, the Cardinals for Oscar Mercado. Uh, Torres was like a guy who snuck into their top 10 at points, but a lot of people see fourth outfield only. Like, I mean, there's a lot of great tools, but he has not developed cleanly. Um, I can't remember the other piece. And then like, I've liked Austin Gomber for a while. I was higher on him than most. I included him in my top 10 list. If you go back, well, you can't go back because they scoured it from 24 seven and scout. Uh, but if we went back and looked at my Cardinals top 10 list, I included him in it, uh, because he was always a, a Four five, like I thought he was a safe four five, and the ERA was fantastic last year. But you can look at the uh, indicator stats that show he was lucky and was a very small sample size. Now I think he'd absolutely be a four five, but his performance last year, the ERA under two, uh, does not match anything that one would expect to see long term. 
oof, that was a rough deal. Or other bit of breaking news, we'll spend the second half of the show going to Eddie Rosario. So if that is what you're here for primarily, it's coming. Uh, the Players Union rejected the 154-game season with expanded uh, DH and playoffs. It's a no-brainer. It's an awful late time to start being like, hey, yeah, I know pitchers are already starting to stretch out, but how about we do expanded? What about pushing back the season now? Like, it's one of those things that should have been addressed a month ago after the winter meetings, A, and B, getting a DH for 13 teams uh, does not balance out the watering down of salaries for the expanded playoff. And I talked about this before on the show, so I don't feel like I need to go into it in depth. But an expanded playoff means more teams have a better shot. It doesn't mean that more teams are going to spend because they have a better shot. It means that more teams can try Like the Indians and their situation are a perfect example. Expanded playoffs, the Indians have a pretty good shot of making the playoffs and seeing what happens. If there's an expanded playoffs, this is a team that literally cut its payroll in half and would be in a great position. They would be. They'd be one of those teams that'd be battling for one of those final spots. And they can get there with a payroll that is $50, $60 million a year. I mean, they're not even at that now. We're going to be lucky if they hit $50 million this year. But that's the situation. Uh, a team that at high points has had $120 million payroll is now able to find success at closer to 50 or 60 And that's that's exactly why uh, expanded payroll, or expanded payroll, I wish expanded payroll, why uh, expanding the postseason, it's, it's a big deal for the players. And a DH... There's going to be about four teams that that really, you know, all of a sudden Marcelo Zuna makes sense for. Uh, the rest of them are, you know, there's a lot of teams that aren't trying. They're not going to go out and spend money on a DH. They're just going to let a young player try or a guy who's had great performance in the minors. And, you know, maybe he turns into something a la a J.D. Martinez um, type. But for a lot of teams, it's not going to matter. It's not going to change the situation. It's not going to, it's... At max, let's put it this way, at max it might add total player salaries of $50 million, whereas expanded playoffs will probably drop player salaries uh, by hundreds of million overall if you keep both of those. So I think that's a, I know why the players did it. It's an easy choice. It was a silly thing that the MLB presented, and I'm not surprised it's being rejected. Something you should not reject, though, is BuiltBar.com. And make sure when you go there to use the promo code that I've talked about because I use that promo code myself when I shop, order, and buy from them. And the reason is you're not going to find a better deal than using the Locked On to get 20% off. That is as good as it gets. And Built Bar in and of itself is as good as it gets when it comes to breakfast bars. And there's so much more than that. Every single day I'm having uh, the Boost I've been doing at work the apricot pineapple boost. Uh, that's what I do after my coffee. And I always, my lunch has been two to three bars. I'll be honest, every single day as I'm going through my the, the recent refresher pack. I'm probably going to put in a new order here in February. We'll see what the special flavor is. Uh, but I always recommend the mix box if you are doing it for yourself. It's just a great company. They have great products. I'm probably going to pick up and try the broth in my next order. But they keep adding the change over the summer. They improved all of their formulas. All If you tried it before, it's an entirely new bar. Everything is new. The boosts, I didn't like the old boosts, and I'm using the new ones daily. That's how much they improved everything across the board. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that 20% off. You can thank me for that later. And our other fantastic sponsor for the day we have is BetOnline.ag. Um... So we've talked about before that the ad copy for this has not been updated. So let's talk about the sports we do know are going on right now. 
we have the NBA is in full tilt. I, I, I have watched more Cavs games this year than I had the last two years combined. An interesting team. They're a fun team. And if you're out there watching the Cavs and you're like, I think this is a team that's worth betting on. This is a team that actually gave the Lakers a hard time and beat the Nets. This is a team uh, will ignore the performance against the Knicks and the Wolves of late. But you want to go to betonline.ag there and use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get your 50% welcome bonus. A bunch of people were talking about betting on the UFC fights in the chat we were in. I don't know anything about UFC. But if any of this stuff appeals to you, if you are someone who likes, uh, you know, who is into gambling and want to a fantastic site to go, go to betonline.ag. When you use Locked On, you get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to re- receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code Locked On for your sign up bonus. Hashtag Bet Online. And lastly, make sure to check out Locked On Today. It is our brand new daily podcast uh, about all things breaking and news in the sports sphere. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski and all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. You know, if the Eddie Rosario news was bigger news, you'd probably hear me actually on that podcast tomorrow uh, because it is all the breaking news that uh, is fit to talk about. But as promised, uh, second half of the show, all steady Eddie. And now I know that was Eddie Guardado, uh, his nickname, as he was a another Minnesota twin. But let's talk about Eddie Rosario. Uh, I talked about him a little when I was surprised he got waived. I think he was, his estimate was about $10 million. So Indians are getting him at 8 So unlike the Washington Nationals, who for some reason have been signing guys for more than their arbitration estimates, the Indians get a discount here. One year. $8 million, and I am extremely happy about that, and we'll get into it, you know, in a second here. Now, let's talk about, first off, uh, I don't have the right data in front of me that I wanted, so let's talk about why I'm happy about him, and then we'll talk about where he kind of slots in. So this past year, 2020, was a bit of an odd year. Uh, it, when you look at him, the WRC Plus is still 110, year before that, a 103, a 114, a 117. Uh, 27, 24, 32, and 13 home runs. The Indians have not had a 30 home run guy uh, in the outfield since Grady Sizemore. I know this because I used to quote that fact all the time that the Indians hadn't had a 30 home run guy since Grady Sizemore until the Mike Napoli, Carlos Santana season. And since then, you know, we have had the, I believe Jose Ramirez has eclipsed that. And I know Frankie Lindor did. And we kind of got a little bit spoiled by some power hitters, but between Mike Napoli, because I believe he got there before Carlos Santana that year, uh, bef- between Mike Napoli and Grady Sizemore, there was like six years of no one breaking 30 home runs. So I, I can very distinctly remember because that was one of my go-to stats uh, a few years ago. So Grady Sizemore is the last home uh, 30 home run hitter in that outfield. Uh, you know, if Fran Mill played out there every day like he had to do in the National League, He'd probably get there as well. But let's talk more about Eddie uh, Rosario. Now, defensively, the numbers have not been good. Let's just be honest about that. The Brewers were, part of it was weird. Uh, Robert uh, Murray, who's great, he covers all the Brewers stuff, very in-depth, said that the Brewers are trying to sign Rosario to play potentially first and third, or third. Uh, A little bit weird for me to think of him at third base, but I can definitely see the appeal of putting him at first base because defensively 
he's not been good. Um, mostly been a, a left fielder, so you're going to have him out there and in right field. Luplo Johnson platoon, Luplo Bowers platoon, we don't know yet. But 2019, exit velocity was down. Now his K percentage was 89th. That's, you know, did not K much. Whiff percentage was low. Expected slugging, 57. Sprint speed, 51. So he actually ran pretty well, though, the defensive stats. I and mean, he's got a lot of blue. But you go to 2019, the last full season, and the barrel percentage was at 56. Expected slugging, 79. Expected batting average, 60. Exit velocity, 50. So uh, some better stuff there. Um, sprint speed, 56 again, but uh, outfield jump, very low. Very bad defensively out there. Uh, he has been a guy, when I look at some of the numbers, his 2018 data down a bit. See if it jumps up 2017 up a bit. So he might be that odd even guy. I've talked about those types before, that there is this weird thing um, in baseball that certain players just seem to do better in odd years versus even years. And I don't have a good reason for that. It just seems to pop up time and time again when I look at data. I mean, that's a, a, a big positive, right? Like that This is a guy you're buying uh, who had a, a pretty solid 2020, but just based on his data, it tends to get better in odd years. And the other nice thing, frankly, is that his splits are not bad. This isn't a guy where you're like, oh, okay, he's going to be, he's going to have to platoon, he's Luplo's platoon partner, or he's going to, no, he's been able to over his career uh, versus lefties or righties. You know, it's just looking at his uh, career splits over here on baseball reference. First right-handers, uh, 818 OPS versus left-handers, uh, 710. And he has a lefty that is not ex- unexpected that he hit righties better. Uh, we talked about over the years, the Indians lineup, lineup has become more right-handed. So it's a nice addition just in terms of balance. And a 710 OPS is a little bit below average against lefties, and you're mostly facing right-handers to begin with. Now, he does have, uh, he hit better at home than away. A lot of players do that. We'll see what the effect is uh, of leaving the friendly confines. It is interesting. His batting average is the same. It's just he's, he's slugging. He hits more home runs. Uh, even his on-base percentage is very similar because he doesn't walk a ton. But it's he hits for more power when he's facing uh, a righty than a lefty. But the performance is there. Now, I thought this was another fun thing. You go over to baseball reference. His most similar batter through age 28, Joe Carter. Through his age 26, Mel Hall. Now, we won't get into Mel Hall off the field, but... Uh, you know, two Indians names that pop up in there. J.D. Martinez, who I already talked about, is fifth. Uh, former Indian Yasiel Puig is similar batter scores is sixth. Uh, Hieronima Baroa, who the Indians had as a DH. Um, I always remember him uh, for the fact they traded him to Baltimore. Uh, you know, it's one of those weird things. Uh, or no, they traded him to the Tigers, and it was Dave Roberts was the guy they got back. Uh, he had played with Baltimore the year before but yeah uh so another short-lived indian in that case um but yeah it's an interesting checklist and at the end of the day you know i was looking at uh our friend from indian space one sider justin lotta the other day uh at jl lotta talking about the fact that the indians wrc plus last year was 54 i mean that's crazy that's like pitcher level wrc plus that's what the outfield produced and now they're getting a guy who had a 110 uh, that's, he is not Mike Trout, but it's a Mike Trout level of increase to your offense when you're going from a 54 on average to a guy who's a 110. That's a huge, huge increase. And it's, it should mean a lot for this team. Now, as much as I'm salivating to talk about lineups right now, again, we're going to save that for Wednesday's show. So if you want to hear what I think the Indians lineup is going to look like, how this team's going to come together, 
uh, make sure to tune in for that. But yeah, I think the way things are setting up, you adding those two players is is monumental in terms of how this lineup is going to shift and change. Um, we'll discuss. So okay, Ahmad Rosario. I still think he's likely to start the year with the team. I know the Reds are apparently still interested. I mean, unless the Indians get bowled over, I just don't see it. I'm being honest with that. I just uh, they traded for him at a buy low. They are a team that likes to sell high, and his value is going to stay consistent because he was so bad a year ago, and the tools are still there. Uh, but if he comes out and he plays super well, um, his value could just explode. Like it could be so much higher. And the Jose Ramirez stuff, I had a lot of angry Braves fans. Um, Austin Riley makes no sense. <laughs> Braves fans love this guy, but he's had two years in the big leagues and has had below-average defense at their base. A lot of people do not think he can stay there. And offensively, has not put anything together yet. And he was a very polarizing prospect. There were people who thought he should not be a top 100 prospect at any point in time because of a slow bat. And yeah, maybe he'll turn to Jesus Aguilar. Maybe it'll take him a while, but he'll figure it out. Uh, but... I every single time I get sent a deal and I get sent so many because it's stupid fake rumors online between and that's the other thing like if, if Austin Riley was this great Braves fans wouldn't be this desperate for a third baseman but uh I've gotten a lot of blowback and there's a lot of great Braves fans I've had so many fantastic like that used to be a fan base um back at Scouts Peak days like uh Doc Herbert uh Gosh, he was just like a fan I interacted with. Now he's got a bigger Twitter follower th- following than me writing Brave stuff. There's been a lot of great guys over the years uh, I've interacted with. Man, I also don't think I've got sworn at as much as I did uh, Friday night as I was like, stop sending me offers, send around an Austin Riley. He's not good. And the Indians have Nolan Jones and they have Josh Naylor who are cut from the exact same cloth. They don't need a third guy like that. That's the reason why I think they didn't have any interest in J.D. Davis with the Mets. But, and now they have Eddie Rosario, who is in many ways similar to that same group in terms of uh, defensive profile and the primary uh, value being power, uh, the high strikeout. Uh, you know, Jones is actually a bit of a walk rate, not so much with the other guys. But, uh, you know, they went out, they added Rosario. Um, if he is utterly fantastic, uh, they could offer him arbitration. Uh, at the end of the year, qualifying offer, I should say, not arbitration. He could be qualified as he was uh, let go by the the Twins. Uh, highly unlikely, but always possible. Uh, I also think, you know, I was joking about it, but part of me feels like the Indians front office are just kind of jerks uh, or like playing a long-term troll game because, you know, they go out and they trade for one Logan Allen and they draft another. And now they're too big, likely they're too big offensive, you know, additions to this team eddie rosario and ahmad rosario a pair of rosarios who are like the only rosarios uh when you go over to baseball reference those are like the top two the pop up and i know you're saying alphabetical stuff but i think it's also just um in terms of the guys out there who are performing those are two guys who have had a lot of bats over the past few years so i also have to put my little random conspiracy theory much like uh, when i talked about the padres hating owens uh, the Indians front office liking to do a long-term troll job. You know, this this team on the whole, I don't know how to feel. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. This, these were great. This did a lot to help the team. You know, I, I've been a long-time Yu Chen Chang fan, um, but Cesar Hernandez is an upgrade over having him play every day. Uh, 
And when you're looking at what they're, I mean, every out, I, this also means my Anthony Santander dream is dead for trading to acquire him. Um, but Eddie Rosario versus Jake Bowers every day. I mean, is that what we're looking at? Somebody who was a Matt Joyce is a non-roster invitee. I mean, maybe that's like where this team was. Uh, and I am, you know, we'll, we'll t- again, we'll talk about lineups tomorrow, but, uh, it's it's interesting, and they have some approaches to it, and I'll give my ideas on what I think is actually going to happen, but it's a, a team that certainly looks a lot better today than it did a week ago. And, I mean, really at this point in time, the only question becomes, would they consider shipping Rosario out already? Uh, do they keep him? Uh, and if they do ship him out... Uh, I don't think that increases the likelihood of Jimenez starting the year at the team. I think that just means Yu Chen Chang is your starting shortstop. But, and then additionally, I mean, there's no money left to spend. You know, we talked about Andrew Chafin. We talked about um, Justin Wilson. We talked about some other players. I mean, they still need to add a left-handed player to their pen. I don't know if they're hoping to get uh, Oliver Perez back as a non-roster invitee, and that could happen. We'll see what happens. There's, there's so many lefties on the market, and he's a guy who is more of a loogie, and we don't have loogies anymore because of the the three uh, minimum, uh, yeah, the three minimum for relievers. He could be end up coming back because I, I mean, I like Kyle Nelson a lot, but it's a lot to move him into that role and expect him to just uh, jump up and perform. So we will see. I have been rambling enough. I it, it's a happy ramble though. It's a the Indians went out and added a. Yeah, a guy who's not a great defender, but we've had a lot of subpar outfield defenders, but is offensively I mean, the best outfielder they've had since Brantley. I, I don't think I am really uh, being hyperbolic there. I don't think I'm being over the top. The outfield has been so bad for so long. Uh, let's let's pause the show. Let's Let's now end the show with just some outfield lineups of the past few years. Going back, oh, man. I remember when the ownership patted themselves on the back because they were willing to absorb the money for Jay Bruce and the Yankees weren't. Well, that's your uh, your 2017 Cleveland Indians with Jay Bruce, Bradley Zimmer, Michael Brantley, Lonnie Chisholm, and Austin Jackson, uh, your primary outfielders. Uh, Brantley in only 90 games, Zimmer in 101, 43 for Bruce, 85 for Jackson, 82 for Chisholm Hall. Chisholm Hall with a 126 OPS plus, Jackson the same. I had forgotten how good Austin Jackson was in that weird bounce back year that no one expected. 2018, Michael Brantley, uh, he got into 143 games. Greg Allen in center field at 91 games. Melky Cabrera in 78 games. Brandon Geyer in 103, Raja Davis in 101. Naquin in 61. Okay, so that, that's your 2018 team. We're going to keep going. Just remind how bad this has been. Okay, so he is gone uh, by he. We have Brantley. So then we have the 2019 Indians. Bowers, uh, 117 games. Mercado, 115 games. Tyler Naquin, 89 games. He has a 103 OPS plus. You get 65 from Leonis Martin. That was their big uh, trade for an outfielder. And Jordan Luplo at 85. Greg Allen at 89. They also went out and, of course, added Yasiel Puig for 49 games. I mean, I, I remember this was my first season 
doing this podcast as we were following like Carlos Gonz- uh, Gonzalez and Hanley Ramirez. And it was, you know, the Moorhoffs and then them not keeping Brad Miller, who is probably going to get a nice contract in free agency right now. And of course, last year you got Jordan Luplo in 29 games, uh, 79 OPS plus Delano DeShields in 37 games, 71 OPS plus. Tyler Naquin in 40 games, 68 OPS plus. Oscar Mercado, wow, that's a first for me. 36 games, negative 5 OPS plus. I don't think I'd ever seen a negative before. That's just how bad he was. Domingo Santana, who in some ways was similar to Rosario. He was a poor man's version. Guy who can't really defend super well, but had some offensive production. He in 24 games, 60 OPS plus. Uh, Josh Naylor had a 52 OPS plus, 69 for Brad Zimmer in 20 games. Uh, That is, and again, last year, um, Rosario's OPS plus was a 115. So if you take and add up uh, like two other players in the Indians outfield, they they beat him, but you have to add two uh, to get there. That's that's the upgrade we're looking at, and that is why this is a signing that uh, everyone should be ecstatic about. Uh, we don't have to be ecstatic about the payroll, the payroll situation. Hey, the Indians are no longer last in payroll. Uh, if you go over to sport, Spot Track, yes, they currently have the Indians last, but that's only because they still have uh, Felipe Vasquez's salary listed, even though like he's, I believe, been convicted of child molestation, and uh, I don't think he's pitching next year. Um, I don't think they let people with that uh, pitch uh, out of the prison to pitch. So his salary is technically listed there. Uh, He is not going to get that. So the Indians are out of the basement, no longer have the lowest payroll, which I think also was part of the reason for their spending. The optics are so bad. If they were the lowest payroll team that they spent, they're not the lowest payroll. They dramatically improved the outfield. They helped out the infield. And part of me does wonder is if this spending spree was with the hope that uh, expanded playoffs would happen, that uh, Dolan knew that was on the table and he expected them to accept, and by them I mean the players, uh, because he improved his team incrementally enough to make them a distinct uh, favorite for a wild card spot if the uh, we had expanded playoffs still. Since we're not going to have expanded playoffs, which, I mean, it looks like we will not, uh, I wonder if he now regrets that spending spree. Who knows? It's a long one. I, I'm again just. It's nice to have something fun to talk about, something good to talk about uh, after having nothing for so long. Uh, the Indians are doing things. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. Remember to rate and review. That helps the show. Uh, and download, tell a friend. Let's keep getting those numbers up. Uh, remember, we got to knock out the Brewers. They're the team now in the tenth spot. And for the next year, at least, go Tribe. <laughs>